Last week, I talked about something that's so very important. It's, I, I started talking about the effects of righteousness. When you were born again, you were made the very righteousness of God in Christ. The Bible talks about that we must awaken to righteousness. And so there are some effects of righteousness. We're going to see, uh, I believe we'll go to that scripture in Isaiah, but we're, where the word of God says that the work of righteousness will be, shall be peace. If righteousness was a, a, a tree, peace would be the fruit of that tree. And the effect of righteousness is a quietness and assurance forever. So the effect of righteousness, I want to go a little deeper in this today. And turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We really dug into this scripture last week. And I want to encourage you, this will be a short, just a two-sermon two, uh, series. Uh, but I want to encourage you to go back and outline that because it will help your life. We said this last week that your whole life depends on the fact of you believing and receiving that you have been made the very righteousness of God in Christ. And all of hell is going to work on you your whole life to try to talk you out of that. Now, you can't give up your righteousness because you've been made righteous. You know, we sing some songs. We sang one today where it said set free. And, and, you know, we changed all those words to make free. But according to copyright stuff and licensing, we've even contacted some of these people and they're like, no, you can't change it to make free, even though the Bible says make free. Um, it, we want it to be set free, so we have to sing set free. So, or I should say this, our worship team has to sing set free. So nobody's going to make me sing set free if it's made free, right? But that's, that's my little box. But the thing is, you have not been developed partially into where you've become righteous after you've prayed enough and studied enough and know enough. No, no, you've been made righteous the moment you got born again. The Bible is very clear. But now what happens is it seems like you grow in righteousness, but you're really not growing in righteousness. You're growing in your awareness that you've been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. And most believers, most believers, they never, they never get far at all in this. So whether, whether you're the most carnal Christian or whether you're right now hitting on all cylinders spiritually and serving God with all of your heart, you're just as righteous as you were the day you got born again. So if you're born again, you've been made the righteousness of God. The Bible says, look, pull up verse 17. We're going to verse 21, but let's just read verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ... And we know in Christ is defined as the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It says, old things have passed away. What old things? The sin nature has passed away. All the sin that had to do with that has passed away. In your whole life, well, in your spirit. And it says, behold, all things are become new. So in your spirit, the self-centered life was passed away. That's spiritual death. But the God-centered life is the new part. Now we're God-centered. But that's in our spirit. But remember, you are a spirit and you possess a soul which is comprised of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you live in a physical body. Someday, the glory of God will either... Bring your body out of wherever it is if you've already passed and your body's returned to dust. God's going to bring your body that you have right now back. Well, how can he do that? Well, I think the one who created the universe can do that. If you're alive in the rapture of the church, your body will be changed and we'll get a glorified body someday. It'll be the greatest thing in the world. It's not subject to pain. 
It's not subject to sickness and disease. Sickness and disease were always a result of the, of the fall, of the curse, right? But also, the, our flesh will not have the sin nature in it. It has that nature in it right now. We only have the first fruits of our salvation. So Romans is very clear that the control center of our lives is our soulish realm. So this is where a Christian can look exactly like someone who doesn't know God if they don't renew their mind to the word. So what happens, though, is the law of sin and death that's working in my flesh is going to try to pull my unrenewed mind and take me, the spirit man, captive into a behavior that I really don't want to do. And if I do that behavior long enough, my, I'll, 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 my conscience will be hardened, and then I don't even... It's like the inner turmoil, it was there. It might still be there a little bit, but not much, right? But this is why God's given us the word of God. The weapons of our warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, are not carnal. They're not of human origin, but they're mighty through God. You could, a person could take the word of God and cause those strongholds that were built, that they built as a result of their behavior and their decisions they could bring that stronghold down in their life so that they can walk free from it. But we are a new creature in Christ. The Bible it goes on to say, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, a new species. You're brand new on the inside. Old things have passed away. Now everything's become new. And now in verse 21, it says, for he, God the Father, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, why did he do that? That we might be made the very righteousness of God in him. So you and I have been made righteous in Christ, right? Say this with me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You are righteous. Now, that statement is amazing when you, when you learn all that that means. Because righteousness, as we're going to see today, it's a mastery thing. Righteousness gives you the legal right and the legal equipment to master everything in your life. To walk in dominion and authority in the name of Jesus. Now remember, you were not made righteous because you were so good, right? You were not made righteous because you're so smart and so talented. No, no, you were made righteous only one way, through faith in Christ. So in other words, it was the obedience of Christ that enabled you to be righteous, not you. Amen? So I was made righteous... I was made the very righteousness of God in Christ by faith apart from works. I could never work for my salvation. Now, in our, in our earthly lives, that makes no sense because our whole life we've been working for things. But you don't work for this. What you do is you work out of this. You work out this. Right? You don't go to a gym and decide to work out and, and have this new plan for your life of exercise. So you're not working for a body. You're working out your body. Right? Well, you can't work for righteousness. But because you're righteous, it will affect your behavior if you work that out. Being, We said this, and this is a real principle. It says... Being word, the, the, here's the principle, aerial view, being word conscious or I'm conscious of God's word. That I, how, how am I conscious of God's word? I'm conscious of God's word because it's, it's above everything in my life. It's not number two. See, if God's not number one, guess who's number one? You are. And that's a big problem. It makes you blind. It, it doesn't, makes you not know who you are. But if, if the word of God is first place, and you become word conscious, which means that I live by this. this. This is how I live. 
And if my flesh doesn't like it, I tell it, so what? You, this is what we're doing, right? So because I'm word conscious, as, I'm, as I meditate in this word day and night, as I ever keep it in my heart and coming out of my mouth, what happens is it causes me to become God conscious. This, see, most people, why are they not God conscious? Because they're not word conscious. Yeah, but, but pastor, this is boring. Right? I, I don't understand it. I mean, to those questions, it's like, well, of course you don't. This is not, this is not like a biology class for you science people, or this is not like calculus. This is not history, right? No, no, this is not intellectual. You can't see this with your mind. You can only see this as the Holy Spirit opens it up. The opening of God's word brings light. So this is spiritual food. It's alive. It's full of the life of God. It's powerful. It's active and effective. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. So here's the whole thing. You want to be hungry for the word of God? It's real simple. Start feeding on it. Because you hunger after what you feed on. You've heard me say that before. You could be a Christian that never reads your Bible and you could make a decision today. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to start asking the Lord to show me things. I'm going to start listening to teaching that will explain the word of God. I'm going to surround myself with people who are word conscious, who are walking this out. And what will happen is the more you feed, the hungrier you'll get, the more you'll see, the more you'll know. And now what will happen is you, the more God conscious you'll be, being word conscious causes me to be God conscious and as I'm walking this way conscious of the word of God first conscious of my relationship with God I could tell you today he's more real to me than anyone in my life than anyone I literally think about him all day and all night and I'm able to do that while I love my wife with all my heart, while I love my family with all of my heart. As a matter of fact, it enhances that. So I, I'm, I'm word conscious and I'm God conscious, and that will produce me being righteousness conscious. I'll be conscious that I've been made the righteousness of God. See, this is the way it is with God. When God shows you something about him, that's when you find out something about you. Our identity is defined in the revelation of who God is. This is why most people don't know. They think their identity is what they do. Their title, they think their identity is how much money they have or, 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 or even in many more cases, how much money they don't have. And they base everything on that. Some people's identity is based on some mistakes they've made in their past that might have a mark on their, you know, I, I went bankrupt, I lost this business, I, I, I have this criminal record. And, and here's the cool thing with God. It, it's from Genesis all the way to maps. It's, a, it's an incredible study. Here's the principle. And every time God says this, he always says, behold, before it, because he wants you to see this. He says, behold, I make all things new. God is the God who does what? Who quickens the dead. He brings dead things back to life. Have you ever killed anything in your life? I have. And I've seen God resurrected. To where when you walk out of this, there's not even a residual that, of what your past was. But it comes from being word conscious. I submit to the word of God. God conscious, I'm submitted to God. He's number one in my life. And what that produces is I start to see who I am. That I have been, I mean, when I first started reading this, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he was made to be sin so that I would be made the righteousness of God in Christ. It really didn't even stir me emotionally at all. Now when I read it, I almost want to start weeping. Because I, I literally, when I, when I read that scripture, I literally see 
Jesus going through everything that he went through. Everything. I mean, I see him from the time he was taken, or the time he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, till the time he came out of the grave. I just, it's just, it's always going on that he did that for me. That's what it took for me to be made the righteousness of God in Christ. And then what happens is I, I become conscious of righteousness. And I start seeing in the word as the Holy Spirit brings revelation to me that because I'm righteous, no weapon that's formed against me will prosper in the same way that no weapon formed against Jesus was, will prosper. I mean, it's amazing some of the things that you start seeing in righteousness. So we have to put this phrase, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have to put this in my heart and coming out of my mouth all the time. Father, I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Therefore, these symptoms in my body must leave. I was talking to a member of our congregation uh, and his wife. We were sharing and they shared a praise report with us. And in a nutshell, type 2 diabetic for a long, long time. A1C, which is normally supposed to be, I think, around 6 or under 7. I think under 7 was like 11. Right? Pain in the hands, pains in the feet, blurry vision. They give him more and more insulin. And, and, and its blood sugar's never going below 350 to 400. Finally, they're just going, hey, we need to try this, this other drug along with it. Well, financially, this was such a huge strain, but they had made a decision. They are believing God. They're standing on the word. They're like, Lord, we know you're a healer. Six months from that date, they shared with me. I mean, they were taking more insulin than I've ever heard anybody ever take, right? I mean, it was un unreal. I think the retail value of it was costing like $1,240 or something like that a month just for the insulin before insurance. And uh, now today, his A1C is under seven. He's off all insulin and just taking one drug for it. And, and the doctor is he's, he's even going, that's, that's beyond what your body can do, praise God. You know, I mean, isn't that wonderful? So God is a healer. But see, if you look in the Bible, God uses people. He'll use anybody. He'll walk with anybody. He'll bless anybody because he's already done it. That will invite him in. And this is the way to do it. You get word conscious you become God conscious, and then it enables you to walk in a righteousness consciousness. This is huge. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34. This is so important. This will keep you out of unforgiveness. It'll keep you out of selfishness and self-centeredness, which, which all that stuff erodes your life and it erodes everybody around you. It'll keep you out of offense. Because, man, your flesh is very offendable. Isn't it? I mean, mine is. Right? But with this, it helps you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34, makes this statement. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little deeper in this verse than I did last week. I want to break this down a little bit for you. It says, awake to righteousness and sin not. Notice the road to awaken to righteousness is not, okay, let me get the sin out of my life and then I'll be more aware that I'm righteous. Now that's the treadmill that Satan will love to get you on, but I'm sorry, you'll never get the sin out of your life on your own. So the, the goal, how do I overcome every sin habit in my life, everything that is damaging my life? See, here's the problem. If you get into pride in any way, the first manifestation of any kind of pride, selfishness, self-centeredness, any kind of pride is it blinds you. So, great, you don't know 
you're the problem. In other words, could you imagine being in a boxing match, but you have three or four blind spots? There's, there's a lot of people that are living with major blind spots. And they think their wife is the problem or their husband's the problem. And, and all this stuff, the boss is the problem, whatever. <clears throat> My lot in life is the problem. When all the time, no, it, we're the problem. Right? So the Bible says if you awaken to righteousness, to get the sin out of my life, I get word conscious so that I'll be God conscious so that I'll walk in a righteousness consciousness. This whole thing is a flow that works automatically. It's not mechanical. So many Christians, they have inner turmoil. They're not happy with themselves and they're trying to do better, and they keep failing. And if you'll notice, Satan is the master (laughs) at sitting on your shoulder talking to you about how horrible you are, right? But this is the road to freedom. Awake to righteousness and sin not, and then now it's going to go into the problem with people who don't awaken to righteousness. It says, for some have not the knowledge of God. And then Paul said this to the church at Corinth, I speak this to your shame. That's a little hard. The church at Corinth, he started that church four years earlier. He expected them to be mature believers and they were still carnal. There was envying, strife, division among them. Right? Envy, strife, division. They're all manifestations of carnality, flesh ruled. And Paul was saying, listen, you should, be, you should be spiritually mature, but you're still babies. I can't even give you meat right now. I have to stick with milk. But this is the reason why, right here. For some have not knowledge. This Greek verb, echo, means to continue to have. Some are continuing not to have knowledge. They're continuing not to hold on to knowledge. They're continuing not to possess knowledge. It's a continual thing that they're doing. They're continuing to not own knowledge of God. And then it goes, this, the second Greek word for knowledge is agnosia or agnosia. And this is really an interesting word, and it tells why they didn't continue to hold on to something or possess it. It says here, this Greek word means to not know, to be ignorant, to not be acquainted with. And this is not merely an intellectual ignorance, but it's a moral defect. It's a moral fault And here's the foundation of this word. It's a willful ignorance or a willful blindness. And this is right where the church is today. I'm I'm willfully not grabbing hold of knowledge of God. I'm willfully not owning knowledge of God. It's not that God hasn't been there and, and wanting to reveal himself. The person is saying no. And if you're saying no, which multitudes in the church are saying no, it's a willful thing. What happens is you'll never awaken to righteousness. Why? Because you'll never be God conscious. Why? Because you're never word conscious. Why? Because you're living for yourself. And there's no life in that. So you've got to believe, you've got to receive that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, you could leave today, and I'm telling you, that will help you tremendously. I've just told you how to get out of any physical addiction, any emotional, any mental thing. Literally, it's the road to freedom. But remember, that road to destruction is really wide, but the road to freedom is very narrow, and, and few there be that find it. Why? Because they don't want to find it. And that's the thing. So I want to encourage you, if you're sitting here, if you're watching online, and you have no desire for God, 
Well, first of all, we live in a time of great self-deception. You could give yourself the test. In the last seven days, how much time have I spent in the Word, either reading the Bible, listening to teaching, speak, and, and here's a big one, speaking the Word. How much time in the last seven days have I spent doing that? Spending time in prayer, fellowshipping with God. And if you'll be honest with yourself, there are people running around thinking they're spiritual giants and they actually think, I'm so spiritual, but they're never in the word. And they're spiritual because they think, well, I understand how this works. I see all this natural stuff and I've, I've got it figured out. You don't figure anything out naturally. It's all spiritually discerned. And, and here's the thing. A person who walks and lives out of their spirit, you, you, can't, you can't show a person how to do that. Like, I wish I could invite you into my life and let you hear what I hear every day. I mean, it's awesome. You know, sometimes it's, ugh, I need to make that adjustment in my flesh. But even when it's that, it's still so wonderful because God loves me. But it's just, it's just a, it's, it's a, a consciousness of, what, of who I am in him and, and what he's done for me. And, and, and just don't, Tony, don't put up with this. Say this, do this, go here, don't go here. It's, it's amazing. I couldn't live without that. But I didn't, for years as a Christian, I didn't even know that existed until I got into this. So the devil's attack... He must get you to a point where you don't believe that you have been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. That's his attack. Many times, how he gets you not to believe that is that you're up to here with your life. And, and, and you're just not aware of him. Because if you're not aware of him, you're never going to be aware that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't have time to read the Bible. That's hilarious. Do you drive in a car? Why can't you play the word while you're driving in a car? You know, it's, if, you're, if you're hungry for something, you'll go after it. Right? And you always hunger after what you feed on. Satan will try to get you to doubt and question whether or not, see, this is where it goes if you're not righteous, conscious. He'll try to get you to doubt and question this fact that the blood of Jesus was just not quite enough. It's not quite enough to heal what you're facing. It's not quite enough to get you out of this situation that you're in. He's very subtle. But remember, he's coming to steal and kill and destroy. But we have to understand when your righteousness, when you're conscious of your righteousness, this is what happens. Everything in your life is not dependent on you now. It's all dependent on Jesus. Right? Receiving all the blessings of God is not about me praying enough or me doing this or doing that. It's all about me realizing this is all, this is all him. Right? You must get to a place where you have more faith in what Jesus has done for you than what I can do to earn his blessing, right? So I want you to go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. I love this passage of scripture. Revelation 12, 10, it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, and then look at, well, look at what it says about Satan. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. How did they overcome the accuser? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. See, this is the way it works. If you'll continue to believe and stay established in your righteousness, 
there's an empowerment that comes from that to change what you did so that you can walk holy and walk free from this sinful and unrighteous behavior. When you literally believe and stay established in that I am the righteousness of God, what happens now is a power comes, an enablement from God comes for you to walk holy and to walk out of that behavior. But see, in order to ever get there, you've got to be word conscious. You have to, everybody here, we have to make a decision. See, if Jesus is my Lord, and we know that Jesus is the word of God, then he, if he's your Lord, he's number one. So now you need to walk that out in your life. And if you walk that out in your life, guess what? You'll be conscious of him, and you'll be conscious of that you've been made righteous. And as you stay in that place, a power will flow out of that to change your behavior. It just cha- it'll change it. Because, see, your spirit can't even sin. It's all in your mind. It's all in your, this soulish realm. It's the control center. And, what, and when we talk about the spirit-led life, that is where the Holy Spirit is leading my spirit And my spirit is grown to the point to where now coming out of my spirit is I'm renewing my mind with the word of God, right? And I'm telling my body where we're going to go, what we're going to do, and what we're going to say. And here's the thing. You think, well, that, see, to a person on the outside, they think that's so boring. But the lust of the flesh which, oh man, it fires up your emotions and your feelings. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life, the Bible says is not of the Father and is passing away. I'm telling you, there are no feelings and emotions like when you get tied in with the Lord. But most people never see, they, they're just looking on the outside of the tabernacle at the gopher skin going, why would I want to go in there? Right? And then we bring them to church with beige walls and we're boring. So we're not really showing them what that's like. Right? So this is is a huge thing. We try to do works that our righteousness will empower us to do. But we're trying to do them in our own strength and that doesn't work. But when I do works flowing out of the strength and enablement that I'm the righteousness of God, it's a different thing. It's a different thing. Being conscious of righteousness enables me to experience the manifested blessings of God in my life. In other words, it is time for you and I to walk in, to wear, and to show our righteousness to others. We're to walk in it, right? You are finally going to walk in your healing. Get the career that you, that's in your heart. Do what God's called you to do. This is the road to all of it. Righteousness, as we said last week, one of the greatest definitions, I, I think it was E.W. Kenyon, but I'm not sure. But knowing the way things are, he probably got it from little, some little unknown person somewhere. But righteousness is the ability of, uh, for us to stand in the presence of God with literally no sense of guilt, no sense of unworthiness, right? No sense of that at all, as if sin has never existed in our life. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So it says in Romans chapter 5, go ahead and turn over there. I want you to look at this scripture. Romans chapter 5 and verse 21 Romans 5.21 says that as sin hath reigned unto death, this is how it works, even so might grace reign. How? How does everything that God's given you by the grace of God, how does it have full and superior dominion in your life? It reigns through righteousness. How are you able to stand And believe God when you have a terminal illness. Because have you ever noticed that sometimes you, you know, Jesus said, what things soever you desire, 
when you pray, believe that you receive them. And it doesn't say, and in 24 hours, you'll have them. It says you believe you receive and then you'll have. There's a time period. How do we stay from the time I believe that I receive until the time I see my body change? How do I stand? Because sometimes there's pain. Sometimes you, you, know, you go to the doctor and the report is bad. I, it always concerns me when people come up and say, Pastor, I'm going to the doctor this week. Really pray that I get a good report. Because, I, because it's a wrong focus. No, no, no. Isaiah 53, it says, who has believed? You already got the report. Right? So now do we deny the doctor's report? No, thank God for them. We thank God for them. They help us. Many of them that have kept us alive long enough to believe God, right? But here's the thing. The reality that Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain, if you're, in, if you're in lack in anything, the reality that Jesus redeemed me from poverty and lack, the reality of these things, how are they going to reign in your life so that they manifest? It reigns, the grace of God reigns through righteousness unto eternal Zoe life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. That's the God quality of life. You know, God has never done this. The Bible says he rejoices over us with dancing. So here, here's God. I mean, God is, this is, this is, this is God. This, is ne this never happens to him. He starts thinking of you. The Bible says he'll start thinking of you. And it says that he literally, he comes off the throne and he rejoices over us. So he starts dancing and the word is twirl. He just gets so excited and he starts twirling. He gets so excited about Jeanette that he just starts dancing. And you can just see the cherubs, these mighty angelic beings just going, oh, look at him. I've seen that look. He's thinking about one of his kids again. Right? But this is not what he does. He gets, oh, oh. he never does that. He does, he's never felt pain. He has no sickness and disease. He doesn't have to go to a doctor, right? No, he is the great physician. He never deals with that. That is the life that he has. If he ever needs anything in his life, I should say this, that's so silly to say that. If he ever desires something, he speaks it. And he's given us his promises that we will never have a desire from him that that word has not already given us. And if we'll believe that word and speak like he does, it'll come to pass. The only difference between him and us is guess who brings it to pass? He does, not us. But he's given us a measure of his faith. Wow. So, you know, we don't walk around bragging about our faith. Oh, you like my new car? Yeah, I got that with my faith. Oh my gosh. Excuse me while I go throw up. Right? No, 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 no. It's all his. We're not created to do anything alone. We do everything united with him in the same way God the Father doesn't do anything alone. He does everything with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. They do everything together. This is why as you, as you serve yourself, you'll be alone. Even if you're in a crowd. It says... The grace of God reigns through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. When you stand in your righteousness, boy, I knew I was going to be able to get through all my notes today, and I can't get beyond this. When you stand in your righteousness, we've not talked about this. Gosh, I didn't even know I was going to. I'm seeing this. Your pastor is, is receiving massive revelation right now on this. So I feel like I'm still in preschool. I thought I was in about fourth grade, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in preschool. That's so exciting. The effect of righteousness, it enables and empowers me to walk in what the Word says He's given me. To walk free from sin, to, uh, to forgive when people have hurt me, 
to do all of these, to literally walk out of messes that I've created in my life. And everything points to Jesus, not to me. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. Now jump back to verse 1 of chapter 5. It says, therefore, being justified. That's a little vague in the King James. Because in the Greek, it literally would read, therefore, having been justified. Therefore, having been justified... Now, what is, now this, is a, this is a legal term, justified. It literally in the Greek means, it's, it's a term, a legal term, which means to examine all the evidence and declare once and for all the person is not guilty. God has literally looked at all the evidence about you and he counted you not guilty. The Bible even says that you're unaccusable because of what Jesus did for us. Therefore, having been justified, how? By works? No. By faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? We have access by faith into grace, which causes us to stand and rejoice. If you're not standing against something, if you're giving into something, if you're not rejoicing, when things are coming against you, you don't know you're righteous. And that's why you just need to awaken to it. And how do you do, you get around people that are, have awakened to it. Because here's the thing, have you ever noticed, being spiritually mature doesn't mean you never make a mistake. So this is awesome when we realize this. We have been given access by faith into the grace which causes us to stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In other words, I stand and rejoice. Hope is a confident, joyous expectation. I know God has a future for me. I know my future is the glory of God is going to be seen in every situation. In this sickness that's trying to attack my body, the glory of God will be seen as I walk free from it. Poverty and lack, free from it. Terror, anxiety, sin habits, being bound by this for decades in my life, all of this. I'll I'll see the glory of God because God is always faithful. A sense of a person's own sin and unworthiness is what causes them to fail to receive from God. Not God. And this is where this doctrine has come from. Well, you never know what God's going to do. God blesses some and not others. And you know, this is just your cross to bear. Where does that come from? That person doesn't know they're righteous. Because it's a person's own sin and unrighteousness, own unworthiness, or I should say it this way, their sin and unworthiness, this feeling that I'm just not good enough for God to do this for me. That's why we don't receive. It's all about who God has made me to be. In him, see, sanctification and and justification, these are two things that Satan is going to always want to mix up for you. He's always going to try to bring confusion along the lines of justification and sanctification. Sanctification is an ongoing, sanctification means to be set apart for the master's use. That's an ongoing thing in your life. You walk and then you, you kind of move over here and then you come back. But it's, it's a day-by-day thing to walk a sanctified life. But justification is literally a one-time verdict. God looked at all the evidence and he said, you're righteous. You're forgiven. You're sinless. And we have to see ourselves that way. It really culminates in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free 
from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2. So if you look at Paul's gospel, it's amazing. Paul's gospel. What was it? Here is the aerial view of Paul's gospel that he was given by Jesus. You have authority in the name of Jesus and you've been made righteous now. Not growing into it. This is what you have now. The benefits of who we are in Christ now. Right? Satan always tries to put everything in time. If you could just know the word like Pastor Tony. If you could, listen, I'm a preacher. It's a gift. I know the word because I'm in the word all the time. And I've got to tell you, I feel like I hardly know the word at all. And the more I learn, the, real, the less I realize that I know. So it causes me to always live utterly dependent upon him. If it's not for the anointing, I mean, the thought was hitting me to say something in worship. The thought kept just bam, bam, bam. Don't you say that. People will get so ticked that you won't be able to get them back. And then right out of my spirit, I'm not trying to get them back. All of my trust is in Jesus. If he doesn't show up and the anointing's not there, you're not getting anything today. You're going to leave this place going, yeah, not going back there. That was boring. Right? Got to find some place where I could hear from God, not from a pastor. Colossians 2.10, I'm just going to read these. Don't look at them. I just want you to listen and write them in your notes. Colossians 2.10, and you are complete in him now, which is the head of all principality and power. You're complete in him right now. That doesn't, that doesn't mean you're a messed up person. Well, you don't know my past. Has nothing to do with it. You don't have a past if you're born again. Romans 8.37, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us now. Right now I'm more than a conqueror. Right now I'm complete in him. Jude, verse 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling right now. Isn't that awesome? And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. That is now. That's not an eternity. He's able, wow, that's so good we got to read that again. He's able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy right now. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, right now. I love that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 1020. I've been, how long, I haven't been, I don't know how long I've been preaching. Wow, I haven't been preaching for any, any time. So, open up your Bibles. Hallelujah. Let me just read one more scripture. I'm going to go a couple more minutes. Isaiah 54, verse 14. If you could pull that up on the screen for me. It says, In righteousness shall you be established. This word established means fixed and immovable. It means to stand upright. When you walk in your righteousness, it causes you to stand upright. Not to cower to any circumstance. This is very important. You shall be far at, you shall be far from oppression for you shall not fear. Amen. And from terror, this word terror means destruction and ruin, for it shall not come near you. Fear Well, you could say this, fear is defined as a sin consciousness. Sin consciousness can literally be defined as fear. You really can't separate the two. When you have a sin consciousness, you will operate under fear all the time. You're conscious of your own weakness, your own insecurity, your own inferiority, your own shortcomings and failures. And then you really get messed up emotionally because what happens is you try to press this down. And as you try to press this down and, and strongholds are built, now personality disorders come in and, and it messes people up. 
A righteousness consciousness always produces the image of Jesus in our lives. And here is the image of Jesus. Jesus exemplified mastery in every area. Read the Gospels. He was never moved by a circumstance. He always moved the circumstance in every situation. Jesus was righteous from the beginning. Jesus lived free from sin. At 12 years old, he had the spiritual capacity that exceeded all the religious leaders of the day. Jesus spoke about God being his father. See, he was not taught this. He discerned this. He saw the scriptures. Jesus came always into the presence of his father with no sense of guilt or inferiority. As if sin never existed in his life because it never did. Isn't that amazing? He said, Father, I know you always hear me. Isn't that awesome? Jesus had no sense of weakness, inferiority, or failure. Jesus was righteous and he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the master of every circumstance he faced. Why? Because righteousness that we're talking about today is a mastery thing. And this is why we have to walk like Jesus walked. Right? You know, actually, I've got to read those scriptures to you. Because you've got to see them. You need to write them down. Hallelujah. There's three of them. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also And greater works than these shall he do, because I'm going to the Father. 1 John 2, 6. He that says he abides in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Wow. Isn't that awesome? John 20, 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me. Even so, I'm sending you in the same exact way. Another scripture says, as he is, so are we in this world. I hope today that you see that what's in you is maybe much greater than what you've maybe seen on the outside. And the road to seeing it is making a decision about God's word and getting word conscious. And submitting to the word so that it will produce that God consciousness in you. And now you will live in in fellowship with him the way you were created to. And it will cause you to be conscious of your righteousness.